Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Donwells, a.k.a. Marianne from Gilligan's Island, passed away at 82 from COVID. I know. I was in the studio, and all of a sudden, I just hear this scream, no! (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, what happened? And then I saw it, and I was like, I'm going to give Lori some space. Well, you know, I mean, that show only ran three years, but it has never been off the air since it went off, and everybody doesn't matter what generation you're from was familiar with it and were you a ginger were you a marianne and all of that but when she was here um it was after she got busted for smoking pot the dui or whatever in idaho which is kind of cool so yeah it's totally and (laughs) it was past her book that she'd put out but she was here and she was on you know twin cities live and she did an interview with kstp and then she took the shuttle uh, to be on our show, and I don't know if she went over to KS95, and re- she couldn't have been nicer. Oh, and, I love that. You know, she, of course, got a golf cart ride up to Machinery Hill, where our booth is, mm-hmm. and, you know, we don't have golf cart privileges anymore. That was Reavers many years ago <laughs> that uh, lost our privileges Forever. I could see that. As far as I know. You know, probably worth it. Yeah, maybe. But she was on her show and um, she was really sweet. And she, I said, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And she said, I'm open book. We can talk about anything. So I asked her about Ginger. Yeah. Tina Louise. I said, is it true that Ginger doesn't want to have anything to do with anything Gilligan's Island? Because, uh, Mary Ann, or a.k.a. Don Wells, her real name, she would go to, like, these conventions conventions with uh, other, you know, people sign autographs or whatever. But Ginger would not. And she said she hates being associated with Gilligan's Island. She won't answer to Ginger. Her name is Tina Louise. She's very prickly about it. And I said, well, how do you feel about it? She said... I know I'm Marianne forever, and I consider it a privilege, and I don't know what's wrong with her. Why is she so crabby about it? Do you think there was, maybe she had in the mindset of going back into Hollywood as something else? Like, is that what she thinks? Well, think I mean, she was, was in on? the Stepford Wives. Yeah, that's true. You know, she, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, when you yeah. play an iconic character like that. You have to be thankful for yeah, I think so. I, and I she too. was really, like, very sweet about it. You and, just said po- awesome things about it. Yeah, her. she was what just a cool so nice. experience. And even Sharon, our, if you've, anyone's ever visited the KSTP building, um, Sharon out at the front desk uh, is retiring after 
52 years. I'm like, how did you start here when you were 10? But she and I were talking. Yeah. She said, because she would meet everybody. She's one of the scariest and best people. <laughs> She's the gatekeeper. Yeah. And so I started here when I, I would work here when I think I was 24. And so me and another girl, Olivia, we always talked about she... I mean, you couldn't tell us what to do, but when she was around, we'd all just be, she's like, do you you have your, do you have your pass? Do you have your key card? Yes, ma'am. Yes, Yes, ma'am. And I had to go tell her, I was like, I just want you to know, like, I not only fear you, like, I want to be you. She's just a fun lady. She's awesome. She's like how you'd want your receptionist. Exactly. She's just awesome. And then Dave Dahl is retiring. I know. There's just everybody. He's ending his 43 career, year career with uh, KCP, I think is, it's, Tonight at like, you know, the 530 newscast yeah. and um, bring me the news estimated that Dave Dahl has done more than 42,000 weather forecasts on TV through the years. I've seen him and his wife at a rock concert before and they jam. Yeah. They you go. think they, are they going to hire Sven Sungard? I don't know. What that, about that, Rocco? Geez, are you starting rumors? I am starting rumors. I would like to start the rumor. I, like uh, it. I think Sven, you know, because they got to, they'll make another hire. Maybe they already have, but they haven't told us yet. I want to get back to more Don Wells talk. Don I, can't Wells. Believe, I can't believe she was on the Hubbard shuttle to the State Fair. I, I know. I want to be on the Hubbard shuttle she with Don was, Wells. And, right? and, and Sharon remembered me and she said, oh, she was a nice lady. And um, But Sharon told me the nicest person in her mind well, was Regis. Mm-hmm. But she said Billy Joel was here when he had kidney stones and he was so nice and signed autographs even though he was in excruciating pain. Yeah, that's... That's pretty awesome. Yeah. She could probably write a book about all the people I'll she's seen. I'll read it. I'll read I love, it. I love that. And Marianne did write a book in 2014, her memoir. It was called What Would Marianne Do? A Guide to Life. And it just riffed on her character. And Russell Johnson, of course, who played the professor on the show, and he has since passed, he did the foreword um, on the book. He wrote, we love Marianne because she's the future, the hope of our world, the youngest of the castaways. Watching her unfailing good cheer, her optimism is never in question. We love her because we are, we need her emotional support and her belief that all will turn out well. We love Marianne because of Don Wells. That was the, in the memoir. So mm. you know, there's a weird urban legend about Don Wells that what? she that of all the castmates, she was the only one to negotiate royalties, and mm. so she was rich. And so people are like, Don Wells is a multimillionaire. But if you go to Snopes.com, they're like, no. Sherwood Schwartz made about $90 million from the syndicating Gilligan's Island, but the rest of the people might have made fifty grand in their lifetime. Right. That's kind of incredible, isn't it? No, I remember in 2018, um, she took a fall and um, a friend created a GoFundMe account for her because she was in... You know, kind yeah. of not great financial, financial shape, but she got two hundred thousand in donations. And you know, are you a ginger? Are you a Marianne? Um, you know, that was always the big debate. Debate. And Who are you? Are you a ginger? Marianne? Ginger. Ginger. Yeah, so. Julia's Marianne. Okay, totally. Yeah, that's why the show works. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just 
I mean, I lo- I always thought Marianne was super cute, and I liked her perky personality. But I love how Ginger yeah. slithered and purred, and absolutely her hair and her, her bouffants and her oh, gowns. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird that 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 show really lasted like three seasons. That's it. I, I mean, know. there was a couple, you know, hour long movies they made in the seventies or whatever. But yeah, for us, it's like a lifetime of Gilligan's Island. For them, it was like you know three, three years, years in a Hollywood set. And I loved. Lovey and Thurston. Yes. Paul the third. I loved those two. They were always so they were always so funny. And she did establish an institute for up and coming filmmakers in Idaho called the called the Spud Film Institute hmm. that's still going on. And and then we did we lost somebody else today, Joe Clark. You might not know the name, but you may have seen the movie starring Morgan Freeman. It was a movie called Lean on Me. And hmm. it was the school principal who inspired that movie, and he died also at the age of uh, 82. He did not die from COVID, but it was that movie Lean on Me was loosely based on his his life. And um, in, in one day, he expelled 300 students for fighting vandalism, abusing teachers and drug abuse, and he would roam the hallways with a bullhorn and a baseball bat because he was in this very, whatever, the school had a lot of problems, and... That's kind of a great movie that yeah. I forgot about. We and need that, to wrap this year up, you guys. I yeah, I know it. And I think that it was that movie that brought that song back, right? I mean, that, and that we song lost was Bill like a, Withers this year. Oh, my gosh. In March. Stop. Right when all this started. Yeah, you're right, Rocco. And some other sad news. This isn't in the oh, entertainment great. world, but the uh, the Viking star running back, Delvin Cook, lost his father yesterday. And now, uh, unexpectedly, he was only 46. Uh, yeah, I mean, this COVID is... Really, I mean, they had a 2020 special on last night, which yeah. is kind of the year in the review. Uh-huh. I was bawling my eyes out at the in memoriam part. Oh. There were so many people, and it was so. Just... ABC does a great job of these. Robin Roberts hosted yeah. it, and it was. Uh, I was just, Casey's like coming in from snow. What the hell are you doing? I'm just crying. <laughs> so many people. <laughs> you know? It's just too anyway, much. A lot, a lot, a lot of people uh, passed away. Oh my gosh. So sad. All right. Listen, when we come back, we are going to get to uh, our story we can't get enough of. And even though it only came out a week ago yesterday, some of us have already consumed it. <laughs> some of us are in the middle of it, but we're going to hear from the stars of this show. Of course, we're talking Bridgerton. and we're always uh, talking Bridgerton. Always talking Bridgerton. And GMA had uh, the two stars of the show, the the Duke of Hastings and um, the Bridgerton. What's her name? Uh Daphne, yep. Daphne, Daphne. She's the diamond of the year. That's right. And uh, I learned how to pronounce his name. Okay, how do you say it? Reggae Jean Page. Reggae. I it should looks probably like, know my future second husband's name. Yeah. Reggae. He's from Zimbabwe, but yeah. it looks like R-E-G-E. It's not Reg or Reggae. It's yeah. Reggae. Reggae. And so we're going to hear, I think we're going to hear from Reggae. The Duke of Hastings first. Let's see. This right. is, uh, what do you want to hear about them talking about their intimacy coordinator or their dancing? Is this the, it's, it's, the two stars? Yes. Oh, let's start with intimacy no, uh, coordination. Okay. Of course. And I have to say, woo, the relationship between the two of you, it is tumultuous, quite steamy at times. How did you all work to build this chemistry? And we're told you worked with something known as an intimacy coordinator. What's the deal with that? <laughs> 
Um, well, I think yes. the chemistry um, is probably the easiest part because Phoebe is lovely, as you can all see and will experience. Um, <laughs> and I think we were working with such wonderful material. The characters already existed. These are best-selling books. People love them and they have great chemistry in the book. So all we had to do was channel through this amazing chemistry that already existed. Um, and as the intimacy coordinator, it's an incredibly natural way of working on this. Um, Phoebe, did you want to talk on that? <laughs> Yeah, no, we had, it was so great to have an intimacy coordinator. We we blocked every scene uh, weeks, you know, weeks before we started shooting them. So by the time we got to set, we knew exactly what we were doing and we both felt safe. And I think it just made the whole experience a lot easier and, and nicer for both of us. Oh, first of all, they both are as dreamy sounding. I, That's how they actually sound. Ah. And of course... The only thing, I mean, the intimacy coaches, that is a newer thing in yeah. Hollywood, maybe the last couple of years. Yeah. They've always worn the, should we call them pock socks? Mm. The guys have. Okay. Okay. And then there's some kind of, you know, nude, some kind of a shield than the woman yeah. wears. But I mean, they make it look, I mean, you can't believe, I mean, that's very... Very good sex scenes. <laughs> oh, I, I think. How that, many of you watched? Okay, I'm on episode four. four. Rocco, I watched the first one today. Okay, I and like it. It's good, right? Yeah, everybody looks nice. A lot of corsets. Mm-hmm. Speaking of corsets, the uh, costume Bridgerton's costume designer had an interview with um, uh, Town and Country, and the costume designer. So we learned that there were 7,500 costumes made. But she also, they worked with Mr. Pearl with the corsets. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of steamy bodice ripping to come. And oh. they made the clothes so that they would be easy to rip off. Yeah, I could see that. You could see that. Let's yeah. play the next one then, uh, or Rocco, about costumes. Phoebe, <laughs> I have to ask you quickly about the costumes in this show. They are amazing. I hear you wore 104 yeah. different dresses. Wow. 104. Tell us, how brutally painful are those corsets? Be honest. <laughs> I mean, the corsets aren't so bad. We had Mr. Pearl make all of our corsets. So they were fitted to our bodies, which were amazing. And I looked out because I only wore a half corset, which isn't as bad as the full one. Um, but I just felt so lucky to be in all these amazing costumes and, and every single dress was fitted to perfection. So I spent hours and hours in there with everyone and and just the hard work that was put into making those costumes. It was just such a joy to to be a part of it honestly it was amazing it's every 11 year old girl's like dream <laughs> but it was mine anyway and she does wear you know they're wearing a lot of those amp yeah, here yeah. but i mean mr pearl i'm like mr pearl is the guy that did this corset for kim kardashian for that met gala yeah yeah, she yeah was heavily he's only 58 years old i thought he was some old dude he, I mean, the stuff he makes is just gorgeous. Yeah, he was only born in 1962. Yeah, I kind of imagined him as an older guy, too. Didn't do, I know, I did too. I was like, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, Mr. Pearl sounds like he's been, you know, doing this for a long time, but no, he's just a, a 58-year-old. Yeah. Their outfits. I mean, I, I would say half of that show is just visually gorgeous. It's a, it's an, another character for sure. For the absolutely. Sets, everything. In fact, I've decided I have to watch the show again because potentially I've missed too many things. Uh, yeah, I think it, it was one of those things where... If you just even switched up where you watched it. Yeah. And I think if you can watch it, I noticed that. So I cheated a little. I, I decided this was my treadmill show, but I cheated a little last night and watched some. And I watched it in the dark on our better TV. And I was like, oh, um, it's like the Wizard of Oz when it's, it turns color. It's, it's just beautiful. Like, Rocco, what else do we have? What are other choices? Uh, they talked about how they basically have to learn uh, dances the whole season oh, because yeah. there's eight mm. different balls. That's yeah. right, balls. ten balls. Yes, let's talk okay. about balls. There were eight full-scale balls celebrations uh, as part of the series here. That's a lot of dance routines that you got to remember and organize. How did you pull yep. that off? Um, a lot of rehearsal, and then when you thought you'd rehearsed enough, more rehearsal. Phoebe and I would call each other up um, at the weekend after spending a week rehearsing, going, "Hey, I got Sunday free. Do you want to practice the dance some more?" Yes, and so we'd go around um, and kind of trip over each other's feet for a couple of hours. But that's a wonderful way to get to know someone and to get to trust yeah. someone because they have to literally catch you when you fall. <laughs> and we had the best time as well. We literally loved doing the dance rehearsals. We get so excited about doing them and. and you know, hearing the music that we were going to dance to. It was, it was a really special part of the show. Oh, I hate. I'm swooning over both of them. I know. I hate how much I love them. I know. Okay, so Reggae I, I made... Jean Page. My friend sent me a quiz that I made you take, and I yes. took two, and we had to find out which Bridgerton guy is our soulmate. Because everyone wants it to be the Duke of Hastings. Of Hastie. course I do, and of course I got Anthony Bridgerton. Which one is he? The, the older brother. Oh, I mean, well, you've got your leather spank me pants I on today, right? Brittany. And there's that. I think there's something about him I'm into, but I'm just so blindsided by the Duke. It broke my heart. I got Prince Friedrich. Oh, not mm-hmm. great. But he was nice. He was nice. And I actually kind of wanted her to go with him in a weird way. After I, yeah, but I was like, what answer did I deserve <laughs> to get the Prince Friedrich? He's just so proper. Well, you are quite proper. Yeah. I was royalty in another life, according to a shaman. I don't doubt so it. So maybe that's it. Rockwell, we're waiting for the quiz for which Bridgerton okay. girl. I li- So far, I like kind of the sassy, snarky sister. Yes. Eloise? Yes. I think so, right? She, yeah. Yeah, yeah Eloise. She's, voice. she's the one who it becomes her mission to find out who Lady Whistledown is. And then ah. they talk to him about, did they... Like the description of uh, Gossip Girl meets Downton Abbey. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, I think that's pretty accurate. I think so too. Just because that storytelling technique, the narrator, the narrator, and you don't know who the narrator is, but they're supposed to be an active character. It's just fun. You find out in the very last episode. <gasps> you do? Yes, you do. Okay, no spoilers. Is that a spoiler? I don't I'm, know. I'm going it? home. I can't. Yeah, it's, it's Julie Andrews. No, Julie Andrews is the narrator. That's right. She is Lady Whistledown. And we learned that 
in the right episode. In the credits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, uh, what are we doing when we come back? It's a chef's surprise. Uh, no question that 2020 was a turning point for everyone uh, in the world. Uh, a, a new survey found that 8 out of 10 Americans say that 2020 pushed the country into an existential crisis and um, even, uh, you know, basically, and that was across all the, you know, millennials, Gen X, baby boomers. They never do the Gen Jonesers were too small of a segment, but we're the ones that Jones between baby boom and Gen X. Yeah, It's it's like that 59 to 72 or whatever it is. Yeah. not baby boomers, but we're not Gen Xers quite. Yeah, so, I feel like you guys get ignored a lot. Well, there is a group called Gen Jonesers. It's yeah. got a Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> you just need a better. You need a better marketing. Uh, yeah. So whatever. But it like everybody had this high agreement on it. So I was very pleased. This story. Uh, Richard Chin had a story last week in the Star Tribune called "2020 and the Worst Years of Our Lives." Um, but basically is a story about, yes, for everyone living, this has felt like the worst year. But uh, wait a second. There are other bad years. Yeah. And Ivy League and uh, Oxbridge, Oxbridge University professors rank 2020 as only the eighth worst year in U.S. history here and this was 28 top historians and historical authors. And so the most stressful year in the United States they come to the agreement on is the year 1862. It is the major escalation of the Civil War. Okay. And um, on it just, I mean, 4,600 people were killed in one day in a single battle. And... You know, it would be three more years before it ends. But these basically the civil year, the civil war years were the worst, was the worst year for America, in particular 1862. The second worst okay. year, according to these guys, um, is 1929, the year of the Wall Street crash. Ah. Um, the Roaring Twenties came to an end. Yeah. Stocks plunged. Um, people overnight, people lost their life savings, lost everything, everything, and the Great Depression was upon us. Uh, does it make you feel better or worse? It's making me feel better because really? it makes me feel like perspective. Yeah, and just in that, you know, yeah, it does. There could be, and we have said this every periodically. Julie and I would be like. Geez, it's a good thing none of these mask babies were born in the Depression. I never yeah. even thought about the Civil War or World War II or times when you really, really, really had to make a sacrifice than more than stay home, keep apart, and wear a mask. Yeah. You know, so 1838 is, um, excuse me, that is, that's also tied with the crash in October, the year of the Trail of the Tears, mm. when 100,000 Native Americans were forcibly removed. So that was a, a, a terrible, terrible year. Um, the summer of 1968, starting with Martin Luther King being assassinated, and it's considered one of the bloodiest years in American history. Two months later, you know, Robert F. Kennedy yeah. was shot, and then we had riots across the country and everything all the you know people you know just a horrible year and but for people who weren't born or you know you think yeah. oh you kind of forget that then 1962 
is considered the sixth worst year in American history, and that was the year of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Now, I've heard my mom and dad talk about this because my dad was in the military, but mm-hmm. I think he was in Pakistan. But that is when we really were on the brink of a war with Russia. Is that when they would constantly teach you get under your desk and cover your head kind of thing? The bomb, if the bomb was it coming. Was a threat it was of, kind of the fake things that like make you feel better, but in the end, well, a bomb was, would like annihilate. What was the height of the Cold War and the Soviet Union had installed ballistic missiles in Cuba, which mm-hmm. is, what, 82 miles from, uh, 90 miles from U.S. shores. Yeah. And uh President Kennedy told the U.S. about the missiles, warned we will use military force, and everyone really thought we're going to have a nuclear war. Now, the seventh worst year, 2001, the year of the September 11th terrorist attacks. Yeah, That was like a terrible, terrible year that changed everything overnight for so many people in so many ways. And then this year is the eighth. Most terrible year. I think you're right. There's something about hearing because obviously there was only one I was alive for, and it was the you know 9/11, and I was in high school. I think there's something positive about remembering that there's been such a low time, and we have come back from that, and knowing that there is another side to it. Well, the like, 1918. There's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. The I mean. 1918, you know, flu epidemic. That yeah. was a worldwide thing, and. Uh, um, that was, you know, really uh, a bad year. You know, and you think, you, you know, I remember a time when I thought to myself, I'll never get on a plane again. I'll never After get on a plane. After 9-11. Yeah. And, you know, now you think, well, I'll never feel okay in, in a big group. I, you know, you have that anxiety about the idea of being in a big crowd at state fair. And you got to think, okay, like there will be normalcy. There'll be hours and days and months where you start feeling more and more normal just yeah. little by little. And then as as for the world in general, so 1918 um, Spanish flu or mm-hmm. uh, that flu, but also, you know, you can pick any year during uh, World War II um, as far as being terrible years. Yeah. Uh, when you think of the rate of war deaths, yeah. people that were being gassed and killed and imprisoned, um Six million Jewish people than what happened in Japan with the nuke. I mean, so any of those years of World War II worldwide would be considered right up there as terrible years to have gone through. Yeah, I think I think you're right. There is something empowering about hearing that and and knowing that there's coming back from that. And and you're right. Asking a lot of the, the sacrifices we've had to make are so small compared to the things, you know, my parents or grandparents or great grandparents have made. And that's. Yeah. Let's see. What else did Richard say? 1942 in the middle of the depths of a world war that was killing millions. That was the year of the Bataan death march, mm-hmm. the deadliest months of the Holocaust and the beginning of the battle of Stalingrad in Russia or imagine living in 1932, through the Dust Bowl, rampant homelessness, hunger, yeah, you know, extraordinaire. And uh, then they said, yeah, pick any year of the Civil War. Those were the deadliest so, years for Americans. It is. It's There's something about this, at least there's that control. There's a controllability in some aspects of, you know, you think about the idea of a kid at school being scared of a bomb falling on their school 
And you have no control over that. And the idea that, you know, the that kids, I mean, my nephews feel all sorts of anxiety about going back to school. Mm-hmm. They live in Minneapolis and they're very nervous about that. But I can't imagine them having to deal with being at school and scared of something. Doing bomb drills like you I do know. fire drills. Like that. Yeah. That is... So, I mean, this has been a bad year, but we also, you know, like four years ago, we thought a lot of people thought 2016 was a terrible year because that was a presidential election year and it was a bitter one. You had the Syrian refugee crisis. You Mm -hmm. had the Orlando nightclub pulse shooting. We had the deaths of Prince, David Bowie, Philando Castile, Carrie Fisher, and we had the, the, the Zika yeah. And they started, oh, yeah, yeah remember that? The Zika? It's funny, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I remember that. So, um, anyway, there were a lot of stories. You can find 16 reasons why 2016 was the worst year ever, but um, then along comes 2020 and hold my beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also, I'm always scared to declare anything the worst. Because yeah. it's always like, whoa! Don't tempt fate. Don't, don't. It was, it was, it was fine. It was fine. Well, Which... to end it on a lighter note, yeah. one of the people that um, has is really quite delightful on Instagram or Twitter has mm-hmm. been Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes, he plays the piano sometimes. He's just very. I love him. Yes, love him. And um, yesterday, he posted a one-minute video message on his uh, Twitter page acknowledging, you know, how difficult 2020 has been for so many people. And he said, you know, 45 years ago today at a wake-up call, I was heading for disaster, drinking myself to death. I got a little message that said, do you want to live or die? And I wanted to live. And and then he ended it with, today is the tomorrow you were so worried about yesterday. You young people, just keep in there. Don't give up. Keep fighting. Be bold. And mighty forces will come to your aid. And he... um Turns 83 tomorrow. That's awesome. So I thought that was really... I like that a lot. 45 uh, years of sobriety. And I, 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 yeah, that's that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. So anyway. I've been seeing a lot of friends on uh, Twitter and Facebook saying that they're going to take on sobriety. I think maybe this year was a pretty tough one. And they're like, you know what? I gotta, I'm got i going to cut that out. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it kind of was. I mean, the one business that seemed to have had you know oh yeah they said that liquor stores liquor stores and i think it was morelli owns morelli liquors mm-hmm. he's like you know yeah we had a great year like we've never ever had before but i'm you know sorry it's under these circumstances yeah absolutely you know because they'll they'll never break the record of what they sold be, with restaurants and bars being closed because as soon as those are in any way open yeah we're not staying at home anymore, no. right? Breaking so. through those doors. All right, listen, we come back. Uh, the other, the late breaking winner of Twitter this year is none other than, we'll tell you when we come back, the late crowned queen of Twitter 2020. She just got it like maybe six or seven weeks ago, and she's been owning it yeah. ever since. So good. So good. And, of course, it even, I even am more delighted that she was as sharp-tongued as she was with us in this very studio with her baseball hat. They walked her up from Twin Cities Live. Yeah, She had a baseball hat. Can you only imagine how many interviews Deanne Warwick has done over the years? And this was probably 10 years ago when she was 70. Might even have been longer. And she comes in, 
Julia, she's so classic. Oh, God. <laughs> what did she say? Julia, again, it's like that Amy Purdy, our terrible oh, interview that um, with the Olympian mm-hmm. and Dancing with the Stars, who yeah. doesn't have any legs. Yeah. And Julia, you know, asked her, what do we call you? You're an athlete with no legs. I mean, that was so bad. <laughs> but she, Julia read the book. She had a hundred million posty notes. I mean, she's, and she, right. again, she says to me, I have to introduce Deanne Warwick. I have loved her and Burt Bacharach and your mom and dad played Elvis in the Rolling Stones. I said, we had Di- we had Deanne Warwick. We, I remember that. No, I'm going to introduce her. Arguing. Yeah, I'm going to introduce her. I'm going to introduce her. was she in studio her. when you were having this? I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Talk? She, no, we talked okay. about it beforehand. Yeah, yeah. But who was going to introduce her? And I'm like, yeah. okay, you're sure? You know? Yeah. Um, and the first thing she says is, Dion Warwick... Whitney Houston's aunt or something. What? Yeah. Dion, I'm her cousin. <laughs> and we never recovered. recovered. You can't. We never recovered. And I'm just like, and, and I believe we had talked about it. I was like, now remember, even though she's older than Whitney and she seems like she would be an auntie. She's a cousin. She's a cousin. And she's persnickety about that because everyone always thinks She's an auntie. You guys shot your shot. Oh, yeah. So uh, anyway. That was that. But you know what? Classic. Classic, classic, classic. So Deanne Warwick, uh, she's on Twitter, and yeah. she is having an absolute ball. I'll give you an example of some of the stuff. Like, um, like she's already said, I mean, she's tweeted herself into fame, basically. Again. Yeah, she's got a whole new audience. She's got a whole, like, and it started with talking about... Um, um, Chance the rapper. Yes. If his, if you're a rapper, why do you put it in your name? I'm Dion the singer, and then she went for yeah. Uh, the she's weekend. like, hi, Chance the rapper. If you're obviously a rapper, why would you put that in your stage name? I cannot stop thinking about this. That was just a tweet. Like yeah. that is perfect. It's so perfect. And then her weekend one. She goes, the weekend is next. Why? It's not even spelled correctly. At the weekend. The weekend. So like today, here's a tweet she did. I noticed most of my verified followers. Only like tweets. Is this to look cool? Now, that is an excellent question. I, know. I always wonder why people like something instead of retweeting it. Can yeah. you answer that, you guys? I mean, I feel like I want to give it acknowledgement. I'm not ready to commit to retweeting, right. but I should Don't more make it about liber- yourself. Yeah. I should be more liberal, I think, about retweeting because why not i think this is a valid question i agree auntie dion has uh raised and so um uh anyway so that was one and then someone tweeted her i love how dion warwick comes on here each day slays for a few hours and announces she's going to bed at like eight and she responded to him i am tucking you in Uh, (laughs) i mean she's just got it all going on and then Someone tweeted, um, wrote, who would play you in a life story? And like that, she said, 
Tayana Taylor. She was she had it. She had it in her pocket. And that would be perfect. Yeah. I mean, they look like and then someone tweeted at her uh and said, You should host the real housewives a reunion. Like you should host one, at least one. And Andy um uh, he said you would be superb and retweeted it. And she's like, I'll do it. How do I, who do I contact? <laughs> At one point she just goes, I'm taking a break. I will return. Yeah. Bye. Like, yeah. And love. then um, a guy today, Anthony tweeted at her, you can post a video. Would you please post a video singing? And she just wrote back YouTube, baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. I like it. I mean, I feel like, you know, my first encounter with Dionne Warwick was, was when she was the host of Solid Gold. Oh. And I thought she was just kind of crabby and, I don't know, didn't do much She is a stern person. Yeah. She she doesn't she doesn't have time for anybody's nonsense, and I think she's just been that way a yeah. long time. But, like, later in life, I found, I was like, oh, do you know the way to San Jose? That's a great song. And, That's uh, Dionne the one you play. God, Rockwell, and... I forgot she was uh, at one time a solid gold host. I know, her and Marilyn McCoo. Oh, that was a great show. <laughs> was a lot of dancing. and Yeah, Midnight, the Midnight um, special. Remember that one, Soul Train? Oh, yeah. You know what song I like by Dionne Warwick? I mean, I like uh, Heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. Is that is that a Barry Gibbs song? Why do you have to Oh, be? maybe. But yeah, I'm glad she's getting her time, you know? Like, I, I feel know. like Shaka Khan's kind of getting her time. I mean, certainly not like this, but yeah. like, it's nice to reward these divas. It's so good. She also has, um, she's her niece, Brittany, who's the one who talked to her and getting on Twitter, has yeah. taught her auntie do the hashtag game. So she wants... Um, I am making up a hashtag to go with this question. What are your 21, 2021 goals? Please use hashtag a hussy new year. <laughs> I just love it too. She'll write. I'm still on a Twitter break. However, I have a quick message for my friend, Chance the Rapper, and then post a video. Like, I just, and she does a lot of video pics and gifts along with what she said. She's just great. Yeah. She's, she's a good follow. Fun. Yeah, she Make is sure a good follow. Make sure you follow that. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. She just has tweeted herself right into fame, and I I couldn't be more here for it. And I would love mm-hmm. if there would be uh, a series or a biopic about her life. I think that would be interesting. And Tiana Taylor Tiana Taylor, I mean, they look perfect. alike. Oh, perfect. Right? Yes, perfect. And Tiana can sing. You know that that wasn't something she just came up with. She had that in her back pocket. Well, like, this is maybe, person. but it was somebody just tweeted. Um, yeah. Dion tweeted out a video at Netflix about creating a a bio series, a biopic about her life. And it might have come out when she was like taking Wendy Williams yeah. to task for dragging her name uh, on her show. And yeah. You know, and then maybe someone told her, yeah, Wendy Williams is getting the biopic treatment at Lifetime at the end of January. So she's like, I better get my ducks in a row. Well, who's who's, going to play who? Dion is probably like Wendy Williams, a radio DJ turned T. She's getting one. I'd like a show. Yeah, right. She's probably got a great story. Well, I'm sure if she feels that way, we'll find out via Twitter any minute. Yeah, we will.